Welcome to The Voice of Business, the official podcast from the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, presented by Ultras. I'm your host, Katie Ka'ahanui. Thank you so much for joining us for another conversation in our mental health mini-series airing all throughout May in celebration of Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Mestiza Goss, or Dr. G, Program Director for Mental Health America of Hawaii. Her education and experience has been focused on diverse populations, including inpatient acute adolescent care, community mental health, and military mental health. She is passionate about bringing mental health education, support, and resources to our community. Dr. G, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Katie. And I also wanted to do just a a quick thank you to Mental Health America of Hawaii. You folks have been so supportive of this campaign, and I think a lot of our chamber programs for so long. And when we brought up the idea to do this campaign, um, you folks were completely on board from day one. Yes. And the campaign includes a couple components. So in addition to the podcast, there is a health summit, there is a webinar and a resource page that we launched. And I think you or Brian are in- involved in one or all of them. So uh, thank you so much. <laughs> it's so wonderful to have you folks. Thank you. And so we know that Mental Health America Hawaii um, offers resources to everybody. So children adolescents, families, but for this podcast, we're going to focus specifically on the business community. And so when it comes to specific mental health challenges that you've noticed are business leaders experiencing, does anything pop up for you? I think that there's a lot of generalizable things that we've been seeing across the board for the community. So for example, increased anxiety is something that everyone's experiencing, um, increased in just experience of depression as well. I think it's very difficult for us to manage all the additional things that have come up in the last two and a half years. And it's really taxed our coping skills that we had available. And what we're seeing is that we're being contacted by a lot of people in business, uh, management, leadership saying we're seeing that reflected at work as well. Exactly. And of course, in addition to our business leaders, this is something that also affects employees and staff of companies. And so Mental Health America released a Mind the Workplace survey in 2022. And I just wanted to go over some of those stats with you because they completely stood out to me um, as something that we should be in the know about. Um, For example, when it comes to the impact of employee mental health, four in five employees, so 80% of them, report that workplace stress affects their relationships with friends, family, and coworkers. That is huge. It is. It is very high. And I think that the silver lining of the last two and a half years is that it's really created a cultural and a societal shift that we're seeing in the workplace that we used to say that we would keep our personal and our business lives very separate. And what we're seeing is that's gotten very difficult to do. And I think it's it's not really where we're at anymore. And I'm not surprised to see that the number is that high because some of the things that employers and employees are talking about is the difficulty in creating that work-life balance. And so you can see why that would start to impact relationships as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And something else that kind of stood out to me was that of those 80%, 56% of those people spent time looking for a new position altogether because maybe they didn't feel safe or happy in their current work environments. And again, you know, like you mentioned, as we're trying to figure out what the new workplace looks like, post-pandemic, people are searching for places that make them feel safe and supported. And so I think that is a huge statistic. I would agree. I think there's a lot of different things that go into why people are looking for new positions. Um, It can be the culture of where they're working. They don't feel as supported by it. Um, People are 
reporting about three in five um, that they have some stressor at work that's impacting their mental health. And so they're looking for places to work that have a culture of mental health, that it's not necessarily like here's a training or here's a program, but it's really a culture where the leadership is also trained to be able to support them and have that really great mental health literacy. And they're looking for that awareness. There needs to be that work-life balance. And I think that's why people are looking right now. Yeah. And a big reason about why I just wanted to start this campaign and start this conversation was to get our employers on board with how much you know weight is on their shoulders to create this helpful um, and supportive environment for their employees. And for companies who are just starting off and just becoming aware of this, um, what types of different mental health resources and trainings do you folks offer that they could utilize? We have a number of different trainings, and I think that the unique thing about Mental Health America Hawaii is that all of our trainings are free, and people are very surprised to hear that, but we're um, very graciously supported through grant funding. And so if you contact our office, you could email us or call us, you'll be able to kind of get access to this cadre of trainings that are evidence-informed. So anything from Suicide Prevention 101, which is a nice foundational training, to Mental Health First Aid, which goes up to six hours to eight hours, um, where you see the commonly seen mental health issues and how to support and intervene. There's everything else in between as well. We teach cakey mindfulness. We teach actual mindfulness for adults. Um, so we want to make sure that whatever we offer, that it really speaks to the need in the community. We just launched our Rest Well, which is a sleep hygiene training, because we're hearing about the quality of sleep that's happening for college students, for employees. So we just really say, you know, reach out, tell us what you're needing, and we'll see what fits. And if it doesn't fit, we'll make something that does. And is it possible for individuals to sign up for this or is it something that they have to do as a group from their workplace? We have community trainings every single month. And if you follow us on some of our social media or through our newsletter, you'll see those things that we are offering. And that way that you can pick something that really works for your schedule. And those are all virtual for people who are interested in having us come in person to speak to their staff that can be done. Um, and they really just try to utilize the time within um like sometimes the monthly training or a special training day event, but other companies prefer to have a little bit more flexibility. And so we do offer the other ones. That's excellent. We also launched a survey out to our chamber member base not too long ago, just to get a gauge on where our businesses were at as far as how they offered mental health resources, if they did um, to their people. And most of them did not currently. Mm -hmm. And so for those who want to become involved and maybe don't have the infrastructure to start it up right away, I think being knowledgeable about what currently exists in the community is so helpful. So thank you for sharing that and for sharing that it's free and accessible and that yes. anybody can do that. Um, there's also another statistic here in this report that stands out that 47%, so about half of employees know about their company's mental health services, yet only 38% feel comfortable using it. And so, you know, regardless of what those reasons are, I think to know that more things exist, maybe outside of work, if you don't feel you know, comfortable using that just yet is so important. So thank you. Absolutely. I think that that is actually a common statistic that we hear that people are surprised that there are some services available that are being underutilized. I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. And one thing that I would always say is that being aware of what is offered is a little bit different than being aware and it being normalized for people to be able to use it and access it. And sometimes it's a little bit more about modeling and open communication around it and just reminding people that they're there, um, that the services are available so that they feel less stigmatized in using it. Exactly. And a couple of companies also mentioned, of course, that financial resources was a barrier for them. So again, this being accessible and free is a huge um, plus for them. 
um, but also just to let their employees know that, you know, this is something that we all go through and we can do this together. And it's not something to feel so stigmatized about because um, we're doing this together, you know, and, you know, as a supportive group. So thank you. And then when it comes to business leaders or, you know, just other working adults who are juggling life and work and family, do you have any go-to mental health improvement tips for them? I would say the first thing, because often people ask me, because I teach a lot about self-care and coping skills, and they ask, how do I add in more self-care? And I'd say that the first thing I would do is to look at your plate, your proverbial plate, and ask yourself what you can take off. Don't add on, take off. Anything that's possible to like move out, reschedule, wait on. If you're feeling overwhelmed, really think about how you can pare down. And then I would say, think about how you can reutilize time you're already spending. So for example, it's a small example, but if you're stuck in traffic, that's a really great time to make phone calls, to catch up with loved ones, if you're safe with how you do that, or to listen to things like audiobooks if you feel like you need a little bit more self-care but can't find the time to do it. Think about where you spend your time and be very intentional about how you use it for self-care instead. And I think that you'll find five minutes here and 10 minutes there to be able to reutilize. And that's what's really most important because I think that when we talk about self-care, if we talk about, you know, these are all the things you can learn and add in and do, the first response from people who are very stressed will be, I don't have time or energy to do that. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure that it's usable and that it can fit within the schedule and become a habit for them. Exactly. And I think that's a huge thing that you mentioned, because even me, I try to think about new things that I can incorporate into my schedule. And then I realize I don't have the time for it. And so it doesn't mm -hmm. happen. And so to think about how I can more efficiently use my time and, you know, given what I do have on my plate, what I could either take off or use better or wiser to incorporate those things that help my mental health be a little more on track. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Oh, that yeah. was actually very, <laughs> that was very insightful. Thank you. <laughs> And then Mental Health um, America Hawaii, I can't imagine, you know, the types of events that you folks are putting on during Mental Health Awareness Month in May. So is there anything that you would like the community to know about or be aware of that they can be involved in? Absolutely. So every year we put together what we call our Mahalo Awards. It's a mental health awareness event where we come and we really acknowledge the mental health advocates who are working in the community. We love to be able to see what everyone's doing, the work that they're doing, and really highlight that for people so that they can kind of get that energy and, and be honored in what they've been working on. We have some fantastic awardees this year. The other thing that we do is we um, highlight PBS Hiki Knows student voice awards winners. Those are students who have worked above and beyond, not only in school, but outside of it in this program where they create films that really showcase the thing that they're working on. They all work together to put it out. And they've done some fantastic things that are actually really educational when you think about it. I saw a few videos from students who were young who were saying, I can't, can't wait to go to school for the first time and they're seven. And it starts to kind of really give them a platform to speak to the unique challenges that are happening right now. Another group that we'll be highlighting is the uh, Honolulu Police Department because they've been doing a lot of fantastic work with crisis intervention training. They take an extra 40 hours of training just in mental health to be able to support the community and they are available for request. And so every year we spend the time honoring the advocates, the different programs that are out there and all the extra work that's being done in mental health so that people are aware of what's available, but also can see the fantastic work. That's wonderful. And yeah. I know that mental health America Hawaii also has different um, task force and groups that people can join. Um, yes. I've sat on the suicide prevention task force for a little bit now, but if somebody is ready to just jump in and be an advocate for mental health, what are some things that they can join? 
We love that. <laughs> we invite everyone to come and join in advocacy because I think there are a lot of different passion places that passion points you can link in. Uh, for example, if you're interested in legislation and funding and looking into bills that are being uh, moved through and passed, uh, the Mental Health Task Force is a great one to join in to see where everything is. And if there's one thing that you're really passionate about advocating for that particular bill, we also have the statewide suicide prevention task force. We work with um, a different number of groups, state agencies, nonprofits community members, they all come together and talk about the importance of making our community safer and the different types of trainings and events and ways that we can reach out and do that. The statistics and the numbers are ever-changing every year, and so we have to look at who needs the most support and where we can go to do that. Um, they're also island-specific, and so if you want to get really active in your community, and your community happens to be, for example, on Maui, there is one specific to Maui, and so you can attend those meetings and also share your voice and your concerns there. So highly recommend those too. That's wonderful. Thank you. And I think it also helps with you know finding your community of safe people and a safe place to advocate. And I think in turn, it feeds you just as much. And so yes. thank you for for sharing that. And my hope is that a lot of people start to, you know, feel comfortable stepping more deeply into the space of advocacy. So thank you for sharing that. And another thing I wanted to go over was just knowing that it's not only adults and parents who feel, you know, mental health stresses. Sometimes it's also kids. And yes. I know that Mental Health America also has a big youth focus. So what are some of the things that you notice that our youth currently experience or are going through, especially post-pandemic? Post-pandemic is unique in some ways in the fact that we typically think of the teenage years as times of transition and growth for identity and self-esteem, but they were spending quite a large amount of time at home and very isolated from their peers. And so there wasn't a lot of bouncing back who I am, who you are, whether or not that's something I would want in my life as in terms of identity formation. And so we're seeing struggles with social interacting and engagement. We're seeing issues in terms of ex the same things we talked about before, which is anxiety, depression, but also a difficulty with launching into adulthood. It's very unique that they had this disruption in what we like to call life rituals. So that would be graduation, birthdays, um, there have been family anniversaries and weddings or even funerals that they weren't able to take part of in a really meaningful way. And so that's disrupted their ability to transition from point to point. And so we see that they are still juggling a lot of different things and feeling anxious about it, whether it's catching up academically, trying to find that next job position or whether or not they're going to make those decisions to go to college and what that would look like. And it's unique. And so figuring out how we can give them a platform to speak about those experiences so that we know more about it because, you know, we're not in that place and they are. And also being able to find the right supports and to build new ones because this is a unique experience for them and there aren't always safety nets for them that are needed. Yeah. And to, to look at it, you know, from the sense of this being our future workforce who's beginning yes. to step into that space, that's huge to make sure that we're supporting them and making them feel like they have the resources and the knowledge to be able to confidently step into the next phase of their life. Um, but also just as humans, you know, these are our kids, these are our nieces and nephews, and how can we be more supportive um, to them to make them feel like they can continue and succeed and not feel so stressed out because our teen years were very different, you know, yes. from what they're experiencing. So I can't even imagine um, what it would feel like for them. But 
thank you so much for the work that you do in the youth area as well. Absolutely. We really think about it um, systemically. We think about it being like ripples out from the center of the water and the fact that if we can teach good mental health, if we can teach good self-care, whether it happens at the workplace, if it happens at the community level, or it happens in a school, that we begin to model it, practice it, and then other people see it and get it as well. And so every level that we can touch upon and teach upon is a place where the community becomes more resilient. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the topic of stigma, I don't know if it's, you know, because people just don't talk about it as much as we think it should be. Um, what are you what are some ways that you think we can combat the stigma and the, the discomfort that might come up with talking about mental health issues? I think that that is something that is shifting and changing. Um, it's like a cultural reset that it's okay to talk about mental health. It's okay to be at work and say, I'm not okay, or to ask a coworker, are you okay? And I didn't I don't think that happened as much before because it was seen as being like inappropriate or really blurring that line between personal and professional. But now we're aware of the fact that that happens and that's the reality of life. I think that stigma is about not being open to the fact that people struggle and a large portion of people are now struggling with symptoms of things like anxiety or depression or substance use and being able to say, There are things that are available for you, and let's talk about that. Let's really open that discussion. There's a lot of different reasons for why stigma can be maintained, whether that's representation in the media or it's about the silence that we often put in from cultural perspectives or family perspectives. But I think that when we start to embrace the fact that we're all all people and we all struggle and have hard times and that it's really important for us to share what is available and out there, that that's what starts to decrease stigma. So sharing resources on your social media, being open about the struggles that are happening for yourself possibly and what was helpful. Um, I've seen a lot of really high uh, positions in the community, people who are saying, I too struggle with anxiety and this is what helped me. And though that seems small, it's about destigmatizing. Yeah, it's huge. It's about destigmatizing stigmatizing the importance of storytelling and how things that are mental health based can be normalized and supportive for getting better. Yeah. And I think that it's also a huge just shift in generation where before mm-hmm. we weren't, you know, encouraged to talk about it or be open with it or, you know, show people that we're struggling with whatever it may be. But like you said, the storytelling now is making people feel so much more comfortable and seen and not so siloed from people that we feel are separate from us, like our boss or people older than us. Um, so I think as we move through time and continue to share these stories that, you know, the stigma will decrease and Talking about mental health and being supportive of each other is just going to be another normal part of our day. Yes. And of course, that that's my big hope, but um, we need to start these conversations first. Absolutely. And that's why we're thankful for being invited here to be able to be part of this discussion, because that's exactly what this is doing. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. G. And throughout these episodes, a lot of excellent resources and tips have been shared by our various community leaders. And just as a reminder, they'll be available on the Chamber's new mental health resource page, which is available to browse now. And in addition, if you haven't already, you can also watch a replay of our mental health webinar featuring statewide community and healthcare leaders discussing how to improve mental health in each facet of our lives. We also encourage you to take part in the amazing events, resources, and support groups that Dr. G shared with us today. This is something that clearly extends far beyond Mental Health Awareness Month, so it is my deep hope that we equipped you with tools, knowledge, and overall a sense of community and solidarity as we continue to support each other into the future. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast from the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii presented by Altris. Thank you again for tuning in for today's discussion on improving mental health in the workplace. 